0: Welcome to the Atypical Rainbow. I'm Paul. And I'm Grant. Uh, And welcome to another episode in Gaily Life, where we talk about basically anything that doesn't quite fit into one category or another. So today's episode is titled, May Contain Inappropriate Language. And I'm going to open it up with a joke that I stole from a TV show. No, I'll I'll credit to the TV show. There is an amazing TV show, which unfortunately has been cancelled for a few years now, called Speechless. It uh, centred around a family whose eldest son had cerebral palsy, and it was about how it was it was about their lives and how they encouraged him to live his fullest life while working with his disability. One day he comes home and he announces that he has a date. And uh, his dad goes, that's amazing. And his mom goes, no, hon, honey, you're not meant to sensationalize it. We, we want It's typical. And it's like, uh, mate, that's typical. No, wait, that doesn't have the same kind of impact. And it, <laughs> the joke, I really enjoyed the joke. I told it very badly just then. But what it highlights is the idea that when, you, um, when you're interacting with someone who has a disability, you don't want to make... What would be, you know, a minor achievement with someone else seem like this remarkable thing? It's that you know they are they have the same kind of needs that every any other person of their age would normally have. So if they get a date, it should be typical, not necessarily something that's celebrated as being amazing and um, uh, uh, unexpected. So that's um that I guess that's what I was thinking about when we we're thinking about the idea of what words do you choose and what language do you choose when you're interacting with or talking about um, someone who is, I guess, different, really. Uh, But the topic actually came from you, Grant.
1: Yeah, so it kind of, like, it's a bit, I guess, topical because um, at the moment we have the Black Lives Matter movement, Um, but I was also thinking in the context of even this podcast where over a couple of episodes I use the term normal instead of average um so i wasn't talking about a particular person um so i wasn't differentiating between um neuro atypical and neurotypical uh but i was speaking more about um i think i said an average 20 year old and then i said an average great no i said a normal 20 year old and a normal grade three when i should have probably said average um which You know, it's something I am trying to work on. But then we all make mistakes. We all say the wrong thing sometimes. Um, So I think it's important to own it when you do say the wrong thing, but also to talk about how it can be very difficult. And it's nice to just kind of um, be nice to people if they don't mean to cause offence. And I know um, in the autistic space and also in the um, gay space and the rest of the rainbow, I guess, as well... Um, sometimes there's different opinions about what words should be used for different things. Um, so I think one of the things you've, you've talked about is the person first versus diagnosis first.
0: So one of the things that I was, I've been taught... And, and this the, the opinion of this will vary from individual to individual is that when you're talking about someone with a disability yeah, you, you put the person first, so they're a person with a disability, so they're not an autistic person, they're a person with autism, and the idea behind that is that the disability or the condition itself does not define the person, while it is a major feature of them, it doesn't override the fact that they are an individual with a personality and with experiences of their own now again depending on who you talk to they'll they'll dispute that according to amaze uh, the one of the main advocacy groups of for autism in australia the their members prefer to be called autistic people mm-hmm. so it's a bit tricky really when knowing what language to use and i guess one of the things that we try to teach in Uh, GP education particularly, is to ask first and speak later. So rather than trying to guess or rather than having generic language that you choose all the time, if you're encountering someone that you've never met before but you know has um, certain terminology that they prefer to use, or if you're just not sure, then the the best thing for you to do is approach it from a place of curiosity and say, what would you like to be called? How would you prefer to have this addressed? Because... That's the as awkward as it may feel, or not awkward, but as formal as it may feel at the beginning, it it goes a long way to show that you are considerate of a person's individual preferences.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's very important to be considerate of people's um, individual preferences. But the, I think the problem sometimes is that different people have different preferences. Um, so I know that, um, in education, one of the things that I was aware of when I was still teaching was that there was sort of this movement among young people with Asperger's to sort of take it on as an identity and call themselves Aspies. Mm. And they, you know, it's, it's their choice if they want to do that. But that, that sort of goes in contradiction to the person first idea. Um, and I think, like, I would say gay person and person with cancer. So, would I put the autism where I put the cancer or where I'd put the sexuality? Because I wouldn't say a person with homosexuality.
0: Well, no, there wouldn't be with because it's not a condition. It is, it is. I guess, pardon. So, it's a person who is gay. It would yeah. be how I would put it. But even then as I say it, that sounds really awkward to me. <laughs>
1: well, would you say a person who is autistic or would you say a person with autism?
0: I guess with autism would be with. But again, it's a, it, you don't you don't view your sexuality as a thing that you have, I guess. But I guess that's the point of autism, is that it's not it's not meant to be treated as a condition, it's meant to be just be treated as yeah. part of you. Like that's the thing,
1: like do you treat it like a disease or do you treat it like a sexuality? <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's hard. It, it, is a, it is a hard thing to define. But admittedly, how often do you say gay person? <laughs> <laughs> and you, I, I can't fathom a scenario in which I would use that term well, in a sentence. I guess even the
1: sentence, I am gay, I am autistic, but I have autism, I have cancer. But that's a personal
0: ownership of it, though. That's different from how you would call someone else. If you want to... You can label yourself whatever you feel like. That's fine. But how I would necessarily address you is where I have to be more considerate of your preferences. Or mm.
1: well, what if you had amnesia and I had to tell you you were Asian? Would I tell you you are a person with Asian heritage?
0: I guess. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. One, one would hope that if I could look in the mirror, I'd at least know some. Basically, maybe you, maybe there's no publicity. mirrors. <laughs> no mirrors. There's a world no mirrors. Are we in like some sort of vampire world where they just don't have mirrors? Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's true. That's true. How how do you decide those sort of things? Whereas you are Asian, it. Might, I mean, it, may, it might just depend on the category, I guess. Depends on what you're describing. So, Ethnicity might be a separate thing mm. to sexuality, which is a separate thing to you know uh, any sort of condition that you may be experiencing or suffering from. Yeah. Oh, the, the other the other interesting part of the language. So the other thing I got taught was not only do you not only do you put the person first, you avoid using the word "suffer from." So, that's, an, that, that's quite... That comes up. So, it's, you're not a person who suffers from autism. Um, you are a person with autism. In the same way that you don't suffer from cancer, you have cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, again, is interesting because it. it I guess I, I hadn't really thought about the... Negative connotations of suffering. I mean, duh, suffer" means suffer, but there's a, there's a certain neutrality to it that you get used to, particularly in medicine, when all you really see are people who are having who are sick from illness. Mm-hmm. Um, that suffering is is almost every day. So to say the word suffering it kind of loses that um, the darkness that it normally normally carries. I guess.
1: What about so if someone's lost the use of their legs, how do you word that? <sighs> They are quadriplegic. That Well, that's, that's my gut instinct. I, well, that's arms and
0: legs. What are you referring to? Paraplegic. Oh, paraplegic. Oh, God. I'm an excellent <laughs> doctor. I really... I, I, I won't come to
1: you if I can't use my arms. <laughs> <say that. laughs>
0: but no, I would I would say they are um, paraplegic.
1: Yeah. You yes. wouldn't say they are someone with paraplegia.
0: No. But that also might be my own ignorance. So someone mm.
1: who... But I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess it depends. It depends on how you perceive it, really. I guess if... Would you ever look at someone with paraplegia? There it is. Would you ever look at someone with paraplegia and mock them for their paraplegia?
1: No, but I think... I'm a bit worried about saying this sentence, but I think I should be okay. If they have spasticity...
0: Yeah, Which which is a clinical word. He's not using it inappropriately.
1: Yeah, people might mock them. Yeah. By using the actual S word, which has a meaning, but we don't use.
0: Yeah, and obviously, you know, lots of these um, derogatory words have a an origin, whether it be medical or otherwise, and then they just evolve into slang and mm. then become derogatory. Um, like idiot and moron were yeah. clinical definitions at one point of your IQ level.
1: Yeah, but, but I think that, that one especially became an insult by pointing to someone who doesn't have it and basically saying they have it. Because they fell over.
0: I don't know the last time I heard someone use the word spastic in a negative term. I mean, it it feels like a very 90s Australian school. Apparently it's
1: still around. Mm. Maybe not with our generation or our kids' generation. So maybe the generation in between. Because Mm. I've heard other people cover the fact that it's still used. Mm. Okay. Um, Other people in the special needs area. But I guess the point there is it depends on
0: how you go about using it. So obviously, and unfortunately, um, your sexuality—if it were a- against, you know, if it were un- atypical, or if um, your you had a condition that made you different from everyone else—it was often a point of mockery. So to label your to label someone with this thing that you were mocked for, not that you deserved or earned it, but it's just what people chose to do. Then maybe that's where the negative stuff comes from. Whereas. To knock someone with paraplegia, there it is again. If you, to knock someone with paraplegia is less acceptable in a, in a, in like not that any of it should be acceptable, but mm-hmm. maybe culturally it's been less acceptable because I don't know maybe the paraplegia it, because it's the physical condition. Actually, no, then the spasticity thing doesn't work, does it? No. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, I, I yeah, I, I m- hey, look, maybe I'm just running in the wrong circles. Maybe I just have really nice friends who would never think of to, to do this sort of thing.
1: Well, I, I think know. there's a lot of these things where, when people use them as insults, they generally are aimed at people who aren't. Like, it's not, like, at school, if you call something gay, or you call someone gay, it's not because you really think that they're gay.
0: Yeah, it's just it's it's the word you use to describe something that's bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember but
1: where an actual gay person might come out by saying, I am gay and that's fine. Mm. <laughs> but they're like it being used sometimes it is accidentally, I guess, used on gay people. Mm. <laughs> or it's used on people who are presenting stereotypically gay behaviour, which might mean they are gay and not out. Like obviously if it gets yelled at a out of a car or two guys holding hands, then it's probably not being used by accident. But I mean more in the schoolyard, where people aren't really probably as aware of their sexuality. But the, but
0: even then, like, at least when we were growing up, the, the word gay was synonymous with bad. So if things were bad, yeah. something, something was something that someone didn't like, like, oh, that's so gay. Mm. Um, and obviously, when you look at it, that's obviously not a... You know, for someone who is gay putting that kind of shame on the word would mm-hmm. have some significant psychological effect.
1: Although I meant more that people... Like, when it's used as an insult, is generally not meant to be correct. Like, calling someone an idiot, you're not actually trying to diagnose them using, like... Nineteen hundreds terminology.
0: <laughs> you never know. Maybe, maybe you got some old-fashioned insulters. Maybe,
1: but I, I feel like most eight or nine-year-olds who you know call someone an idiot don't actually mean it in the original concept <laughs> of the word idiot, um, which I believe referred to a certain. Spectrum of the IQ. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was, there was different. I can't remember which one it is. It,
0: uh, yeah, idiot, moron, and there's a third one. I can't even remember like that. Like sort of d- descending levels of um of IQ. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, if you listeners, if you happen to know the answer to that question, feel free to post it on on our Facebook page at the Atypical Rainbow because we obviously don't know. Um, <laughs> the, I guess you know talking about the way things have changed. I um. Uh, I remember when I went to a French camp when I was in, um, about year seven, I think. And I met this other girl. And at that time, I must have... No, it wasn't year seven. Sorry, I take that back. I think it was about year 12 or year 11. And I, um, I think at that point, I must have had at least some inkling that I was gay. I hadn't quite figured it all out yet, but I had an inkling. And I must... I told this girl who, I don't know, who I'd met randomly. And the next morning, she comes up to me and goes, Hey, faggot, but... In know, in a reappropriated way. And I was unbelievably shocked. I heard this word and I thought, what the hell did you just call me? Um, and she, she backed off. So she didn't realize what she had done. And uh, it was fine by the end of it. But it was really, and for me, it was a really odd thing to do. Looking back on it, I get it now, but I certainly wouldn't do it to anyone. Like, I wouldn't just suddenly start calling them that word, thinking that they would be okay with it. Because obviously that particular word has a lot of hatred and a lot of um, a lot of vitriol behind it.
1: Yeah, I-, I think people tried to reclaim it, but it never really kind of worked.
0: Or it might have, but sort of in smaller circles. But it just doesn't, I don't know, it, it doesn't really sit very well, I think, as a word. Um, I think you better
1: off with Queen.
0: Maybe, None of the Queen doesn't the seem of that, that
1: either. <laughs> <laughs> but if someone said yes, Queen, you yeah. probably wouldn't be offended. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, and and it is. Int- I I don't really know what the difference is between the words, but I guess that's a very autistic perspective to look at it. it just it all seems like letters and sounds to me. So uh, as much as I don't like the, you know, the word faggot, and I wouldn't use it. Like I I hate saying it right now in this context, even though I'm using it in a very clinical context. I don't know. Maybe for some other people, they don't care as much. And and that's that's completely their choice. But I guess I, I wouldn't... Th- th- this comes back to the individuality thing, you
1: know? Yeah. The thing is, like, if, if say she had some gay friends who she did call faggot, and then she came up to you and called you faggot. Just because you're gay doesn't mean the same rules will apply, which I think is one of the things with words sometimes.
0: Mm.
1: That, you know, using them in different contexts... Um, it's hard to tell who will like it and who won't. Mm. Um, like, I think special, like, as in special needs, is also a big one because in like education, everyone knows what it means. And it's sort of, it's lost, I guess, the meaning of what special was. Um, and it makes me think of The Incredibles, where it's like, everybody's special. <laughs> that means no one's special. <laughs> mm. But we don't call accelerated learning special needs we call it gifted whereas we call if you're struggling we call it special needs so everyone's not special
0: <laughs> but what do you mean in the original context like
1: original. well like the word special before it was applied to education is just you know something unique mm. but it's kind of in education special needs and special education kind of refers to having struggles like, it's not necessarily a problem, but it's generally referred to as someone who's having struggles with something.
0: But, uh, but uh, that technically applies in that it is your needs are unique. They're not they're not necessarily unique to... But
1: in a way, one. everybody's needs are unique. Like, if, you, if you're looking at education, everybody's needs are unique. And gifted education also is an example of unique, but we don't use the word special for that. We came up with a different word for that. Yeah. Because yeah, you, you could say special education is just differentiated curriculum across the entire spectrum. But we don't say that. We refer to a specific bit at the bottom as special and a bit at the top as gifted. But what we have to remember is that
0: we as a race need you know, need language. And so yes. that's, that's part of the problem is that you need, not need, there is a drive for a word that, that everyone can understand. Like, you know, you're not going to have 20 different words for rain because, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you say rain, everyone, most people should know what that means when you say rain, R A I N. I I just realized I chose a very bad example for, you know, radio. Um, but yeah, so, you know, you have this word and most people should understand what it means. And I guess that's why you end up with these sort of this sort of terminology, where it's just it's this thing that everyone says, and it kind of loses its original meaning. But that's because you just kind of accept that in in certain contexts it means something else.
1: Yes, but also I think sometimes you just end up in this cycle of people not liking the new word, so they get a new word, which eventually everyone st- sort of starts disliking. Mm. Like the sort of move from you know special needs to additional needs.
0: Oh, is that the new thing now? Is
1: I, it? I think some. Some adults who have additional needs prefer to refer to it as additional needs. Mm. Um, so, I think once something gains stigma, you then have to come up with a new word, which in its time will also possibly gain stigma.
0: Well, yeah, that's what I what I wonder sometimes is that is is language cyclical because certain words then get associated with. I mean, I don't want to call it a negative concept in talking about words, but things that people might uh, feel isolate them or make them feel different. Let's say um, again, like autism or your sexuality. Do, is, does language eventually have to be cyclical by the very by the very virtue that it, if anyone uses that word in a negative way, it automatically taints it. So the people who are uh, more ignorant and or less empathetic or less considerate of other people's feelings. Does it or Does it? Do these terms automatically just become worse? You know, mm. and it's hard. For, that's hard for language to keep up. Does that mean that every generation we to keep thinking of a new word? Or I, you know, there are a lot of people. I remember there's a show called Faking It, and uh, you I uh, used to watch it about a um, some, this high school which was very diverse and very accepting. But there was an episode about labels. So the school tried to um, get everyone to wear these badges of the labels that they chose for themselves. It, it of it was about gender and sexuality and and like race. preferred pronouns. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't even preferred pronouns. It oh, was okay. just like. Different adjectives for who you are, and the end message was, why do I need all these labels? So the the main character comes out and just has all these badges all over her clothing, and um, and they say I I am I don't know who I am. Like I I'm a teenager. I'm all these things and I'm none of these things. And I'm I just I'm figuring it all out. Which as a teenager is all well and good. But what the heck do you do (laughs) once you get to an adult? You know. So there are this concept that we should be rejecting labels entirely, and I get that. As a, as a way of... You don't want to be labelled as a singular thing. Because we aren't a singular thing. We are a collection of things. But then does that mean we have to reject language entirely? You know? In order for us to understand each other. To be able to speak... Uh, speak in a way that we can communicate. We need an agreed upon language to some degree right? Um, one of the things that I do in my uh, in my medical practice is I'm always very wary of people using medical terminology. So this is veering slightly away, but I hopefully it'll highlight my point. So a parent might come in and say, my child has a wheeze. And early on in my career, I'd be like, okay, so you know what a wheeze is. I know what a wheeze is. Fantastic. Let's let's go from there. And what I gradually discovered is that some people don't understand what a wheeze is. They mm. think they know what a wheeze is, or they get told by their parents or by they learn from TV. They think they know what a wheeze is, and they get it completely wrong, which then can change the diagnosis entirely. Mm. So, or the, in the way that some people use the word always. You ask them, oh, I, I always burp. And you're like, do you always burp? Or do you actually just burp at certain times? And then they go, oh, well, okay, yeah, I might only burp once a day. Well, then that's not bloody always, okay? So that's that's once a day. Be more specific because it's the difference between an ulcer and you being gassy. So I think that, there, again, it sort of highlights the idea that we have these words. But the words can mean very different things to very different people. And we can't just eliminate the words we can't just say, no, we're just not going to put labels or names on anything because then it separates us. Well, no, because we need we need to understand each other and language is the way we do it, you know?
1: Yeah. So I'll throw a label at you and you see if you can work out how people use this one. Same-sex attracted. Ugh, that's so political and confusing. <laughs> what does that mean? Generally, it's referring to someone who is attracted to the same sex but may not be acting on it. So, like,
0: in the closet, or or just not under, not knowing themselves yet?
1: No, like, um, knowing that they have an attraction, but they don't act upon it.
0: But what do they do? They, they stay single, instead? like celibate or something. Ah, okay. As opposed to
1: asexual. Well, no, actually, they're not asexual, because they they're have an the attraction. They're not asexual, because they're
0: attracted. Well, the question is, what? why are they not doing anything about it? Is it anxiety? Is
1: Generally any... religious grounds. So, is your question where do they fall in the category of things, or is that label appropriate? Well, I don't know. Like, what? So, I'm saying, like, if I just said that, would you... did you have a understanding of why someone would use that label instead of gay?
0: No, or... no, I wouldn't, because I don't think, from in in my opinion, again, differing opinions on language, I don't think that a defining feature of being gay is acting upon it. I think the attraction in and of itself is the definition, but admittedly, I haven't checked the Oxford Dictionary for a while now, so I don't know what uh, you know what the official um, definition of gay is. Mm. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd never heard that before, and the fact that I had to get you to explain it to me shows... That that the la- it's not clear language that when you use a term like that it, it doesn't explain anything.
1: Yes, if you like, if you haven't been exposed to a term, sometimes what the term means is unclear.
0: Mm. Mm. And uh, like, look, I don't get me wrong. It's not like we should, when we meet someone new, just establish all their labels. Like we shouldn't ask that as part of the introduction, because um, yeah, it, that can unnecessarily categorize you. But. Sometimes you just need that definition I mean, it helps me And I'm not, I'm not saying that because it helps me It should help everyone But I call them, I'm gay That's just part of it I'm not bisexual, I'm not pansexual I'm just, I'm gay And that's that's me And it makes things clear, you know It means that all the old ladies Who seem to hit on me while I was, you know In general practice uh, Have a clear idea that, I mean, you know Age aside, it was never going to happen <laughs> So I don't know. Uh, it's 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 hard. It's a it's a hard world to live in right now. To to try and be considerate of one another. It's not to say that we shouldn't do it, but it is it is something we need to be very conscious of. You know?
1: Yeah, I think we have to try to be understanding of our people and forgiving of our people. Like that doesn't mean that you are going to run around yelling the n word at protesters. Mm,
0: yes, <laughs> uh, there are some, lines. some people
1: are using some people are using words. Um, maliciously, some people are using words inappropriately. And need to be called out on it, mm. and some people are just going about their life. and It's hard to keep up with everything.
0: Yeah. So talking, winding back to the beginning. So the use of the word normal. I guess that's so. You know, you and I sort of talked about that that terminology, and obviously, again, that wasn't your intent. But it was. It is interesting how the word normal has also developed a negative connotation amongst certain people, mm-hmm. in that it assumes that there is a universal standard by which everyone is measured, and anyone outside of that is therefore abnormal. Yeah, uh, rather- as I said, I was
1: using it in the context of instead of average, rather than instead of neurotypical.
0: Yeah, yeah. See, it's funny, I like the term typical and atypical, but again, that might go out of fashion soon enough. It's it, There's something about it that is... Kind of clinical and kind of neutral, I think is probably the the best word I can think of it. Like, I don't know how you turn the word typical into an insult. I mean, I guess you can, but it sounds kind of nerdy, really.
1: Yeah, I'd just say, like, um, of the homophobic things to be yelled at you, homosexual doesn't sound that offensive. No.
0: No. Um,
1: I think cis is another one. Like, cis is a very clinical term, which now has become used for one thing, which is being, um... Identifying as the gender you were born as. hmm Um... Which is not the entire meaning of the word cis, which I think means... Same... As or something? Like, it's a, I think it's a scientific term, which mm. doesn't always refer to gender. Yeah. But we generally just use it in gender. Um... And... I think a lot of people... In certain communities have taken offence at the term cis. hmm Um... Because they probably prefer the term "normal." <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, so I think, like cis, even though it's a very scientific and technical term, I say well, cisgender, I guess, is the correct term. Will probably take on a connotation mm. just because of the fact it's being used in a certain way. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's um the the so I guess the transgender issues and transgender rights for me, I I'll I'll plead ignorance for that to be honest like i,
1: I it's more my ear
0: <laughs> yeah well it, you know i i marvel at the bravery of people who are transgender and who mm-hmm. can thrive and live and who fight i you know it's um i admire them greatly i i even as a gay asian person with my own personal crappy coming out story i can't even fathom um you know the kind of difficulties they overcome so i or, you know the, talking about names inappropriate usages the pronouns thing catches me out a lot. Okay. I haven't really gotten to the habit of asking people what their preferred pronoun is, and I really should. And I know that um, it's just it's tricky. You know, it's a it's a tricky thing to get used to. And I find for me, habituation is is the best way for me to develop a new skill. And I just don't um, I don't ask often enough. I guess I don't I don't think to ask often enough, and I really should.
1: Yeah, I think as long as you avoid using it as a pronoun, you're probably most of the way there. Mm. Um, like, obviously, some people will take offence. But that's... I think if you go through life without offending anyone, you've been very lucky.
0: <laughs> and I guess... Well, this is, this is uh,
1: the larger question. When it comes to any sort of label
0: or pronoun or whatever, whose responsibility is it to correct the other person? Like, is it up to the individual? So the person who is... Atypical um, to be the person in charge of what their labels are, or is it the rest of the world's responsibility to check in and ask? And I imagine the answer is probably going to be a little bit of both. But I, you know, I don't know. As a person, as a person with autism, I like rules and structure, and I like to know, uh, you know, how to do things. So I, that's I wonder sometimes, you know, who who should be in charge?
1: Um, it's a hard one. I I find that. With us, we probably don't take offence at honest mistakes. Like, the most honest mistake we get is probably, you know, how's your wife?
0: Mm.
1: Um, And I don't think either of us take offence at being asked about our wife or... Mm. um, Or being given stuff for our wife. Yeah. Um, But we could choose to take offence. But I, I don't know what the purpose there would be. Because really these people... Purpose. Well, they, like... If you look at the person and they're not being malicious, then I feel like from like just from my point of view, and this is just my opinion, like I feel no need to get angry at them or like if I want to correct them, I'll correct them. And most of the time I do. Like I know you haven't as much, but that was more professional thing, mm. um, professional context thing. But yeah, like I if I want them to know, then I will correct them. If they're just a random person who I'm talking to once, and it's not really worth the conversation, I don't really bother. But I also don't get upset about it. Mm. Um, yeah, it's more system, like systemic homophobia that I would get offended at. Mm. Like marriage equality stuff. Um, and I think that... Yeah, I think for most of the trans community that I've talked to, it's sort of the same thing. Like... If you're being, you know, systemically transphobic, then that's different from making the wrong guess about pronouns. Mm. Um, I have to say that from the trans people I know, when someone does presume the correct pronoun, they actually get quite happy. Probably happier than if they get asked. (laughs) Mm.
0: Because
1: I guess, you know, it's like, oh, they're actually seeing the me that I want them to see. Mm. Um, so in a way asking them would probably take away that moment.
0: Yeah. But that's, that it's probably
1: safer to ask. Yeah. So, yeah. There's, there's no hundred percent correct answer, which I think, I guess is what this entire podcast has been about. That there is no hundred percent right answer to any of this.
0: Mm. And really the other, the other obviously key message is that don't, you know, bully someone for being different. Mm. I mean, that's, it comes, it comes back to the idea of intent. You know, language is only as powerful as you use it. So if you take a word that is, you know, in and of its very nature, neutral, like words themselves don't, aren't, aren't necessarily born with, an, you know, an intent or an emotion, or they don't necessarily have to have it if you don't want to, and then they get imbued with something like cis, That that's because it, it turned that way because it was used that way, not because that's why it was created.
1: mm See, interestingly, I recently saw someone get upset about people misusing words, but the word they were misusing was homeschooling.
0: Oh, what?
1: Because we haven't been homeschooling. We've been remote learning. Right. Okay. Um, and some teachers have taken offense at the um, homeschooling because homeschooling is something different. It, you know, we haven't been marking the kids' work. We haven't been, you know, planning lessons. Um, we've just been assisting our children to remotely learn.
0: Yeah. Okay. I get that. I don't see. Yeah. Okay. I was, mm, It's it's hard because you can't. You, you have to. I want to respect the fact that they're taking offense because they have the right to do so. But also, it feels really pedantic. <laughs> I don't know. But, but 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 hey, you can say that. about any any word choice, you know, wrong wrong perspective, different topic, and mm. um, the, they can say the exact same words and it comes out really awfully. So. Yeah, I'm probably wrong on this. And yeah, if if the technical definition is that home, what we're doing is not homeschooling, then okay, I'll accept that.
1: <laughs> there you go. Words. You can't win. Yeah. <laughs> so, just try to be nice to everyone because we're all losers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, if you have an opinion about words and labels and... And all that, if you've had an experience with someone who, uh, you know, may have used the wrong word, but unintentionally, let us know. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Atypical Rainbow. Uh, Send us a message. Uh, Let us know that you care. And, um, hey, we might even incorporate one of your questions into another episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon.